0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Subsegment, a show where we discuss all things queer, kinky, nerdy, and taboo. I'm one of your hosts, Irony.
1: And I am Pop Niddles, your co-host, and I welcome you to Subsegment.
0: We are here with Gleeful Abandon. She is a queer-submissive, lifelong hypno-fetishist based in New York. She joined the BDSM hypno-kink scene in 2012, and when it's not the plague, she loves to teach hypno-kink at events. She is currently writing a book on the history of the eroticization of hypnosis. Hello and welcome to the show.
2: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Um, I am very excited to have you on because uh, in five seasons, one of the kind of like a pretty big... Kink is not has not been represented, and having you on the show is really great because, like, I've been just sort of like following your work and your writings, and it's been really interesting. And I would love for you to uh, tell our listeners a bit about what hypno kink is, and a bit about what it entails.
2: Yeah. I mean, the very fact that you called it a big kink is so exciting for me because five years ago, people wouldn't have said that. Um, we are ascendant and we're, we're coming to take over um, because that's the nature of the kink. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a pretty broad umbrella and it sort of has anything to do with either um, hypnosis used for erotic purposes or especially with the intersection with BDSM. So Uh, it's been called like the chocolate sauce of the kink world because you can just mix it with anything or, you know, like me, you can just chug it straight from the bottle. (laughs) It's
1: pretty cool. And what exactly brought you to that? Like being into that kink and exploring it?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I am a fetishist, so I have been like hardwired to be turned on by hypnosis for literally as long as I can remember. Um, The earliest memory I have of, of, being turned on by hypnosis. I was four years old and I admit I was watching the jungle book. That's like the kind of like basic, it's like the basic origin story for hypnosis fetishist. And I started exploring it in person, you know, when I, within a few years of coming of age, and I have never looked back and it's the transition from a theoretical sort of fetish kind of porny thing to what I can really do with it in my life has been really Do you mind cool. just
0: explaining a bit about, uh, this jungle book scene so that our listeners can,
2: uh, <laughs> sure. Um, for those of you who have not seen the movie or not seen it in a while, there is a, uh, Python named Ka voiced by the same guy who voiced Winnie the Pooh. That's the thing I have to live with. Um, <laughs> And there's a, there's a couple of scenes where he makes his eyes go all swirly and he's able to hypnotize people. It's for the purposes probably of trying to eat them. It doesn't it doesn't work out. And there is even a hypnotic uh, sort of seductive musical number. And a lot of uh, small children and others have have watched that scene and been like, "What's going on here? This feels weird." Amazing.
0: So. Okay, so. Uh- that's a a bit about the history let's just uh jump back into uh hypno hypno kink and sort of the i guess the basis of it like the the basic uh what are the honorifics that are are used in hypno kink yes
2: like titles for roles yeah um well as we've become you know come more and more into the the bdsm scene certainly we've started using top and bottom and whatever other honorifics you like, but hypnotist or subject, some people don't like subject and they prefer hypnotee. I don't really care. Then you can say sub and you're abbreviating for either subject or submissive. Um, There's a lot of good ones from history. I've been trying to get people to make like operator or somnambulist uh, work happen, but they haven't happened since like the 19th century. People use terms like controller. People use terms like thrall. Um, there's a lot of overlap with like objectification stuff so there could be like a hypnotic you know doll or what have you yeah that's
1: pretty cool to be honest I never really heard that was a thing even uh, in King because I'm pretty new into BDSM and the scene in general so this is all very interesting to me and I'm just very curious at like what happened what you do and what exactly that like maybe describe as a scene that you do a play that you do sometime with partners or something like that
2: yeah so i'm happy to it's 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 such a big topic because i don't really do bdsm without hypnosis and when a lot of people start getting into hypnosis they realize they were kind of already doing it if they were already experienced players um a lot of folks uh, compare trance to either subspace or even top space or, or, or whatever place really gets you where you are, that sort of really great headspace. So it could be a scene where I do any sort of um, conventional, you know, quote unquote BDSM activity and I'm like intentionally invoking and playing around with that state and that we can do that very quickly and at will. And it's sort of like an an energy that you play with, not too woo. Um, But the sort of like like prototypical hypnosis scene is like, we're going to sit down, you know, negotiate all of that, and I'm going to put you in a trance, and I'm going to give you a suggestion of something you're going to experience, and then you're going to experience it. So in a BDSM context, it might be a... I'm hypnotizing you and your pain threshold is much lower than usual or much higher than usual. Obviously, there's, you know, safety things you have to do there. Um, You can use it to make roleplay feel very, very viscerally real. Um, You can use it to do things that would kill you in real life. Like I've seen hypnotic vivisection scenes that really heavy masochists have, you know, been able to enjoy when you need to... Parts of you. Have... It to be somewhat of a simulation. I mean, esp- yeah.
0: it, it, it seems like a very handy tool for uh, people whose fetishists are really things that live in fantasy and, and really can only live in fantasy safely or, you know, because of physics. Um, you know, so you get like the the aliens and, and that sort of thing. Like, I feel like you can induce sort of a hypnotic state to really help build that scenario.
2: Absolutely. And, and I mean, for, for me, like, like that stuff is fun. And that stuff is great. And it's like, if I have this tool, I might as well use the tool with whatever I'm doing. But like, why I have this fetish is it's about control, power exchange, mind control, brainwashing. Um, so I use hypnosis as a tool to uh, be brainwashed in my primary kink relationship, for example. Um, and that's something that like, Right. That's, that's something that's obviously edgy, but it's also something that's really exciting to a lot of people. So you can do the sort of soft stuff of we're going to do a role play scene and it's going to be the jungle book and you're going to live out this fantasy. Or it can be like we're in a real power exchange relationship and this is how we're going to make everything like hit much harder and, and much deeper Amazing. and much faster.
0: Um, I'm going to slip in just with another question. Sorry, pup. Uh, <laughs> I'm very excited. Uh I was reading one of your articles uh and there was a discussion on on a specific exchange where you uh were suddenly like a sex slave and it was at the at the snap of a finger and I was wondering if you uh some something along those lines I I might be misquoting you but um it <laughs> sounds like me <laughs> it, it was from about 4 years ago so uh but um it seemed really interesting to me how uh in in BDSM outside of a hypno kink specific and I'm using quotations, you you have training and uh, you can have hand signals and these things and it tells the pup or the sub like we're snapping our fingers now and they're standing in a very specific way. I have to be in this specific mood and you do have very specific um, sort of. Keywords, roles, training, positions that are set off by a series of like hand hand motions or words, which like really really mirrors sort of what I'm hearing and what I was I've read on sort of the hypno kink community.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, the the sort of if you think of hypnosis in the vanilla world, you think of a stage show, and you think of someone says, "I will snap my fingers, and you will cluck like a chicken." not actually super popular in the hypno kink world. I have seen it done. It was mostly so someone could like, you know, say they had done it. Um, So those sorts of instant uh, responses that can be conditioned over time with the help of hypnosis are just, you know, kind of shortcut and put right in, it absolutely uh, translates to the the BDSM world. And in terms of training, if we're talking about um, hypnosis and, and brainwashing more broadly, then there's a lot of like uh, you know animal behaviorism type of stuff that that really fits into the scene um a, a play partner of mine wrote the brainwashing book and even though it's you know somewhat about hypnosis it's it's much broader than that about you know the ways that a person responds to another person and how that can be directed towards a certain uh specific sexual end use
0: your brainwashing powers for good
2: <laughs> i'll define Good. Like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. good, <for> <laughs> good and bad it's you know it's complicated yes
1: <laughs> there was a thing that um um i only really found you via your uh bot twitter account that create like hypnosis uh story starter kind of thing uh and I was very intrigued by that because I'm a little bit of a nerd and I know like you basically had to put that up and make it work. So what was the process behind that?
2: I did. I and I'll explain a little bit more about it. I have like no technical skills. I found like a like a bot like like a I found like a a generator of probabilities where you just kind of put in the fields and tell it what to do and then I plug that into a Twitter bot generator. Um but the gist is is Uh, I have read a lot of hypnosis porn and, (laughs) um, and, and I know all of the tropes and I realized that you could, you didn't have to, you could reduce a lot of them to a formula. So I have this little bot on Twitter that sort of spits out like a beep, beep, boop, hypnotherapist uses beep, beep, boop spirals to hypnotize their secretary (laughs) and make them like, Obey, you know. Um so so the the process, I mean it, it took me a long time because I'm not so tech savvy, but it uh, it was pretty simple and I've I've had it have had that thing for a couple of years now and every single time it spits out a new scenario, I'm like, ooh, that's a good idea, I would read that story. <laughs> And some people have taken the prompts and written stories, which has been Ooh, oh, that's super, super fun ha- and yeah. super cool.
0: Have you um, seen any of them made into like porno themes or has it just really been like story, like uh, text based?
2: It's all been text based. It's been threatened. And I'm like, do it. Do Ooh, it. Make, yeah. make literal porn of, of my of my little bot. I'd be the proudest bot mama. <laughs>
0: Uh, I'm going to jump down in my questions, uh, and yeah. because it it falls into this topic, uh, back in the day, I I was a content creator myself, and I did a lot of doll fet- fetish videos, uh, specifically along the lines of the um, you touch an object and it magically turns you into a doll, or the uh, other way around, where it uh, you. You hold an object and come to life literally come to life that was like a sort of your your, your basic like uh, <laughs> uh, alt sex fetish robot techno community techno sexual sort of uh things but i was reading that uh some of your experiences have uh, similar beginnings, and and I find it a, an interesting crossover of communities where you have this like actual literal robot theme to the like oh no your brain is now a robot you are a robot uh, it's it's so crossed over
2: yeah there's uh, there's a lot of folks who started in one camp and and also joined the other and, and vice versa and. Like I super love stuff, super fetishized doll stuff in a brainwashing context. I've, I've been there. I, I mean, I identify, <laughs> I love bimbofication. I, I, that was something that I thought was a limit until I got into the scene. And then I, uh, it, it wasn't a limit anymore over time and brainwashing. Uh, so that's been great. <laughs>
0: um,
2: and that's something that's really easy to do with hypnosis because if you're, if you're you know, teaching someone to sort of jump between these different mental states. And if it's sort of like, here's you as you are at point A, and if this is point B, then you can be like, all right, let's just move on in there together.
1: But on your website, you were saying that uh, you were in the process of writing a book.
2: I am. Um, I've been working on it for quite a while, uh, if you know silver lining the pandemic as it's given me more time. I, I hope I can get to the finish line in the next few months. but, but basically, um, I'm a nerd um, and one of my one of my nerdy modes is history. and I was looking into the history of hypnosis and like when I tell people I'm a hypnosis fetishist, Sometimes people just get confused. Like I just said the most random noun, like, like, like I don't get mm-hmm. it, <laughs> um, you know, and, and everyone has their own narrative about why their fetish is sexy, but some of them are sort of harder to translate than others. But the more I looked into the history of hypnosis, the more I realized that folks have been saying, oh, this is weirdly hot, literally for 250 years, like literally mm-hmm. since if we have to pick a beginning of hypnosis, which is a whole other question, literally since the beginning. Like mesmer, mesmerism. Mesmer was a guy, and he was doing hypnotism, and people got really uncomfortable and said, "This seems a, like weirdly sexual to me." People, including Benjamin Franklin, <laughs> Benjamin Franklin, thought that hypnosis was a little bit too sexy. Um, well, I mean, like <laughs> pro hypnosis. Wasn't he just a little bit stuck up, like tr- like historically speaking? No, Ben Franklin. Fuck. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh yeah shit. No,
2: yeah you guys are not American Ben Franklin was arguably the horniest founding Ooh. father of America <laughs> uh, yeah that's a story for another day but uh
0: anyway what I, what
2: I found was that um through every every decade um you know we don't know we did the term fetish fetish is like as is a, as a sort of sexual hardwired term is a more modern term and so this predates it I can't know who sort of felt about this stuff the way I feel about it. But, like, the first written uh, hypnosis porn that I found was, like, about 1890. The first uh, filmed hypnosis porn was the 1930s. So, like, there's always been folks who sort of say, what is happening here? And I I, I think that what it is is that for anyone who's tried hypnosis, even in a non-sexual context, like, it's so intimate so fast. You are... You know, in the, in the cartoons, it's like you're sitting in front of a spiral and you're kind of out of it. But what's really happening is that there's another person that's paying attention to you in this very direct, like, very strong kind of way. And it's very easy to sort of fall into that and connect to that. Um, and when folks were saying this is a medical tool 200, you know, plus years ago, it was a medical tool that were, was making people like uncomfortable Um, Mm -hmm. and that was my validation to say, aha, I'm not making this up. And I'm so determined (laughs) to prove I'm not making this up that I've written like 20,000 words about it. Is, is hypno kink part of the medical kink fetish? You know, I like the, the overlap would be in sort of like therapy fetish stuff. Yeah. I I mean, people use hypnosis as it, you know, in real life as like an anesthesia. So it, it, there is Psychological uses for it. I don't tend to see that so much as part of the fetish, but definitely a lot of like, yeah, like a lot of like bad abuse of power, it, hypnotherapist kind of kind of stuff. That's you know a lot of fun.
0: Well, uh, I'll take that uh, bad note and let's talk a bit about uh, the the bad. Like, well, not the bad. The the taboo portion of the hypno kink and the sort of stigmas that are around the community. We we don't like to just talk about like the, Ooh, fluffy, happy stuff. We, we want to talk about like uh, there's consensual non-consent in a lot of this. And oh, yeah. uh, perhaps that is why there is such a stigma involved with this.
2: Yeah, I, I can speak to that. I mean, there's, when a, In the hypnosis world at large, there's a saying that says, oh, hypnosis can't make you do anything that you weren't going to do anyway. Uh, and that is reductive at best and a lie at worst. Um, you know, we do things we don't want to do all the time. My alarm woke me up this morning. I wasn't happy about it, but I, I obeyed. Um, and hypno- And hypnosis does have an impact on your sense of agency. And it can sort of mess with your ability in the moment to you know renegotiate to potentially say no even sometimes to say word people who've been in the bdsm scene for a while will tell you that that can happen for subspace um, and that what it is is about it's about self-knowledge it's about pre-negotiating it's about trusting the person that you're with it's about having a plan for what to do if things go a little bit sideways and you know a lot of people compare hypnosis to alcohol in terms of like well people do things they regret under you know the influence of alcohol and drugs but it but it's not not something like you wouldn't you know so you wouldn't someone wouldn't get drunk and just murder someone if that wasn't something they wanted to do already that but like but you know comparing hypnosis to intox play is also a little bit reductive so it's kind of this own Animal And there's no neat answer. And and that can be frustrating for people when they want to say, well, how do I want to be safe in hypnosis? And some people will be like, oh, it's easy. You just uh, hypnotize your partner to automatically respond with the traffic light system. Uh, that, That is a very popular tool in the scene. And that, you know, even if you are, you know, mentally gagged, you will just say red or yellow without meaning to. And for a lot of people that really works. I'm at the point with a couple of partners where I am just sort of too far gone within the context of the dynamic to do that. So it it is a kink that doesn't have to have consensual non-consent, but it certainly lends itself to it. And certainly the kinds of tools you would use to navigate consensual non-consent or sort of heavy scenes or scenes where a person is altered, like basically start as careful as possible. And over time, you will get to know you know, generally speaking, the way that you respond to hypnosis or to hypnosis with this other person or or whatever, and, and kind of build your own, your own safeties as a couple. And there's lots of good original building blocks, but there's also no one size fits all.
0: I'm going to take a brief moment of your time to discuss our social media. If you would like to email us, it's subsegmentpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash subsegment. And Instagram at subsegmentpodcast. If you would like to check out our super sexy website made by our very own in house good boy, please head on over to subsegmentpodcast.com. And as always, you can find us wherever you find your favorite podcasts, as well as on Perth's number one online radio station, DRN1 United. That's amazing. Um, I, I find it so interesting because everyone who is outside of the the BDSM community can kind of look inside it and go like, oh, those people are just weirdo freaks and they don't know what no means. And like, they're just here to like hit each other. And that's really not what it is in 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 the in most cases because through the amount of negotiation we do, it's just like overly consensual, not in a bad way, of course. But I'm just saying like uh, we discuss things so, so in depth uh, because – neither party wants to walk away feeling a bad experience. And it's such an edge that we walk on a regular basis to keep that line so that everyone walks away feeling safe. And I think that's really interesting that um, you can put a lot of like trust into another person to really like with like hypnosexua- sen- sexuality. there we go, um, to really put that trust in somebody else and – And like really possibly not have that barrier.
2: Yeah. And, and I really feel for me with my, you know, owner of eight plus years that that's the case that it's, it's the, the walls are down and that I put a lot of work and a lot of care into, into getting here and that we get to reap the benefits. And like, if he wants to put me in trance, I'm on some level, I we say, I'm always in trance around him, but that, that I, I can't not do it, but that if some and I'm a really, really good subject. If some random hypnotist tried to hypnotize me, I am extremely capable of being like, fuck you, not interested, <laughs> go away, nothing happens. Yes. You know, but it, but it is funny what you said about sort of over negotiating because in the hypnosis scene, the sort of like tips that you'll get of things to negotiate about are, are things that I have not heard come up in any other kink context. Like, Like literally I have heard many times like, oh, before you do hypnosis, you're going to want to ask them about their allergies because what if you want to do a relaxation scene and you're telling them that they're in like a beautiful meadow, but then they see a bee and they're allergic to bees oh and my then they God. might like have a, have a panic attack. Like, like, right. It's like you, you can't actually prepare for everything, but certainly people have tried.
1: <laughs> but that made me kind of think about that. Uh, a lot of people that we talk with uh, kind of see the benefits of, BDSM or kings of fetish in their life. And what would you say that hypnosis has brought to you?
2: I mean, it's, it's brought like, uh, it's cheesy, but like, it's brought me family and community and relationships and uh, the ability to really feel like there's something that like, that I never get tired of. Like having, having a fetish is this, this engine that never burns out. I like, there's other things that I love. And every now and then I'll be like, okay, like I've had enough of that for now. And hypnosis is really the gift that keeps on giving. And I had, you know, all these fantasies growing up my entire life of what it would be like. And, and, you know, a lot of people, they experience their fantasies for the first time and they think, oh, that isn't what I expected. And they get disappointed because real life is different. But like, I, I like kept my mind open. I got to the point where I'm like, oh, this is actually better than I thought it would be because like x and y didn't happen but like z happened and I didn't know that would be a thing you know like like it's like I just get to every every single time that I do hypnosis I think like oh my god it's happening in this way that cannot be replicated in any other part of my life and like that that sort of fulfillment is just incomparable anyway cheesy yeah very whole no I
1: love it that's very sweet yeah that's very
0: cool (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, you, you just mentioned, uh, you know, what people think it will be like versus sort of what it is like, can you walk us through, like, what, what do people think
2: it is? And then people think, yeah. Sorry. And then what it is. <laughs> I, well, yeah, no, I, I do, I do get this question a lot. Uh, people, uh, think they'll just stop thinking. Um, people think, oh, I've seen the cartoons, you know, slack jawed, like eyes rolled up in the back of your head. Um, there's just no no one at home. Um, and I would say it's not that there's nobody home. It's that, uh, somebody else is home. It's, it's not a good analogy, but, um, this, the idea of quote unquote, not thinking is something that people, people beat themselves up for not achieving or not achieving right away. Um, I, I do have seen sometimes where I'm pretty much there i mean you know it's it's like people i don't i don't meditate because it's too horny for me but for people who meditate i know that there are parallels of like the sort of like you're trying to be present but you're trying to be like outside yourself um but that's a line that you can learn to walk but you don't learn to walk it right away and in the meantime what hypnosis does is it makes your brain do all of these like weird wild imaginative things it's it can be a lot like um There can be things that are sort of like dream logic going on. Um, uh, Hypnosis uh, can sort of encourage compliance, not in like a devious way, but in a sort of when you accept a suggestion, it can feel like, oh, like, I mean, I could resist that if I really like wanted to, but like, I might as well go along. And then people think that they're just sort of like... Going along, which they are, but they but they sort of don't recognize that it's because there's this extra process happening. So sort of learning to like feel like what does it feel like to be hypnotized, and like what does it my brain do, and learning to sort of catch yourself and be like, oh, I didn't realize that I did that before. Is this like really cool learning process? And a lot of people are just like, I want my brain to go off like a light switch, and I I get it. That's the fetish, and I've and like I get it, and it's really hot when it happens. But you can also learn for it to be really, really hot when this more real, more nuanced, more dynamic thing happens.
1: And do you have like um, any story that you want to share that you have with play partners?
2: That's a really big question. <laughs> you can you you can feel free to choose more than one. I know. I'm just I'm just like how do I narrow it down? I mean, well the the story that I that I often give. I mean, you you mentioned doll play before. Is it's very popular in and this sort of ties in a bunch of hypnosis skills it's very popular in the fetish to be like i'm gonna turn you into a doll like you know maybe a marionette maybe a sex doll and my partner and like we do that but my partner was like mm, that's overdone uh i'm 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 going to make you a sex doll that just came to life like like a sort of like sexy like mannequin the movie. situation <laughs> yes except well I haven't seen the movie. I know of the movie. It's very good. Um, You absolutely should. (laughs) But like, cool. Like, like, and you know, that's a role play scene that you could do, you know. Um, But, but what felt different about this is, for example, my partner said, all right, let's go out and let's get some ice cream. And we went outside and there were cars zooming down the street. And I got really, really nervous because I had never like seen anything like that. And if I had just been role playing, I just would have like, you know, sort of been this character, but instead my, my brain was working sort of faster than I could really realize to be like, no, what would you really do in this situation? And it was like, cars are scary. Like, okay, I'm like holding my partner's hand. I'm really nervous. We get to the store and my first thought is like, oh, I wanna like talk to people. I'm like, I wanna go up to them and be like, I'm in a store. And a little voice in the back of my head said like, don't do that, just stay next to your partner. And that was, like, me having the part of myself that knows how to take care of myself and not make things dangerous and, like, the broad definition of what that means. So that was the, that, you know, safety mechanism kicking into place. And then we got back and home and we had chocolate ice cream. And if you have never eaten any food in, quote, unquote, your entire life, and the first thing okay. you have is chocolate ice cream. Oh, my
0: God. It was,
2: like... Right, it was this like amazing experience, and then there's all of this like sort of improv stuff happening because it's my partner asking me like, "So, what, what were? Where were you before you were here?" And like without even thinking about it, I was just like. Oh I was like the, the the shared sex doll at a frat house it was it was Ooh. awful it was like really it was like really cheesy <laughs> porny stuff and it's the kind of thing that if I had consciously constructed the scene I would have been like, that's too cheesy that's embarrassing and, and I wouldn't mm-hmm. have done that but instead it's it's just all sort of natural response I mean it, it gets compared to like improv acting sometimes yes. um And then you know when you have sex and you're a sex doll, you're like, I got this like. And, and you know, that's great. So, I mean, so I, I, you know, a lot of the stuff we do is, some of the stuff we do is silly, a lot of the stuff we do is, is very serious, or maybe kind of dark. But I, I always really like revisiting that scene, because it, it has a lot going on in it.
1: And what was the first, like, real session play that you have? How was that?
2: So the, the first session, the first, first session I had with, you know, I, I like met him right off the bat with, with my owner. It was just that's lucky us sitting and talking. I, I know. I, know. <laughs> I mean, I had one bad experience that I never talk about. And then like, and then I was like, I'm going to try again. And then it was like, boom, like my person. I, I know, I, I know like how privileged I am. um, But it was just, hey, we're going to sit and we're going to talk about what this is like. And I'm going to hypnotize you and you're going to really you know he's he hypnotized me and I'm you're gonna really like feel what hypnosis feels like and sort of savor the moment which I've seen it happen a million times now I've seen a lot of people be hypnotized for the first time and even if you're not a fetishist there can be this moment of what I'm feeling is really cool and I feel like really present and maybe turned on I was a fetishist so I was just like I'm feeling the thing I'm feeling the thing I'm feeling the thing <laughs> <laughs> you know just so excited he put in a yeah yeah and but he put in he put in a couple of very simple triggers you know as as the the phrase goes uh you know not in the mental health context which was like i was going to respond to good girl you know that didn't you know it, it helps if something is something that's going to work anyway um it was things like i was i was going to fix my posture because i was like terrified because i was like this the whole time because i was like i'm at a bdsm thing what is happening um and, and things that sort of like were very gentle and very good places to start, but still tied into this like much bigger, like hinting as what it what was going to come like dynamic. So, so the first time didn't really look like anything. It looked like two people sitting across from each other in chairs talking and like. There wasn't any more physical contact than like holding hands and like studying me to make sure I didn't fall over, which is the, the real, the real big safety thing of hypnosis is people fall on their heads. Oh, People don't think they're going to fall down Ooh. and then people fall down. So always, you know, be over something soft. Wear a helmet. Just in case. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, like maybe. I When I, when I fall, I can like, I can, I can like stage fall <laughs> and I can't do that when I'm awake. But when I'm like. Falling down because I've been hypnotized. I like sort of catch myself going down in a uh-huh. way I can't. I can't replicate. Ha- I don't know. Have
0: you been hypnotized to fall
2: pr- correctly? Uh, not deliberately, but it's sort of like if I had been hurting myself, it would have been like, all right, this is something we need to we need to work that's, on. But that's a s- it- smart thing, though. Like uh,
0: to sort of like uh, protect your sub, hypnotize them first, so that when you know. When the crashing happens, they're, you know, they're, they're
2: remotely secured to do the right thing. I don't know. I think that's kind of smart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like anything, like I could fall because people just fall down sometimes, but now we're at the point where I'm a good enough subject where if I'm being told like, okay, this is a standing up scene, you got to stand up, like, I'll be able to make it happen. But that's something that that's a skill that you build is the ability to sort of like, is your body going to fall down? Or is it going to be really still like? like knowing your body and being able to sort of predict or manipulate what your body is going to be like during a hypnosis scene is really big. And it's something that not everybody really, really thinks about. Because
1: I was thinking that a lot of people, I think, use hypnosis to correct, I guess, some behavior and some bad trigger that people have. So I don't know how much of that is involved in day to day, because basically your first session was a little bit that in a way to correct that first bad experience and change it to something that was more positive for you.
2: Right. But it, it wasn't mm-hmm. explicitly framed that way. And then you, you've, you've stumbled onto a landmine in the hypnosis world. There's a big debate, which is mm-hmm. don't do therapy on your partner, y- you know, because you can find a hypnotherapist in the real world. You mm-hmm. can't find like a rope therapist. <laughs> or a pa- I mean, that's a matrix <laughs> essentially, but that's, you know, dumb, but that's, that's neither... <laughs> here nor there but but um you know people say don't do therapy with hypnosis and then the question is well what is therapy you know like
1: what's the expense like, of it yeah
2: yeah so that that's like a big a big thorny topic but basically like use your judgment and don't think just because i have this tool that i can use for really good sexy purposes means that i have the wherewithal and the authority to just like enter into this whole other you know like like power exchange dynamic with this person because there's real power exchange in therapy so there's you know very I'm one of those people that there's very little in kink where I'll say never do it um so To the never do therapy people, I'm a little bit like, you know, figure it out for you. But it's certainly something that people try to be conscious about and try to be like, no, we're not we're not doing this to help each other. We're doing this for for, (laughs) we're doing this to be awful to each other in (laughs) in the best way. Uh,
0: Can can I ask you uh, why you feel so strongly about integrating erotic hypnosis into the BDSM community? Because
2: it is it is still very separate. Yeah, but it's, it's made so much progress. Uh, like 10 years. So like 10 years ago, there was almost nothing. Five years ago, there was a little bit more. Now there's a great deal of overlap. Now, you know, some hypnosis people say they're into BDSM. Some don't, some kinksters dabble in hypnosis as part of their like toy box. Um, I think that the the you know we every time I a lot of times I've said things about safety and negotiation and one of you has said oh that reminds me of something we already do in BDSM so I think that the structures really complement each other um even from sort of what a scene looks like from start to finish and I also think that it's like what what are the in the vanilla world what are the things that people know hypnosis for like in real life like outside of cartoons it's therapy and it's stage stage shows and neither of those while they each have a lot to be said for them are really conducive to like an intimate relationship they're all like like you know therapy is a one-sided relationship it's all about the client and the therapist is just there to make it happen and it doesn't matter what quote-unquote they want and in the stage world it's just about giving the audience a good time and also like the hypnotist doesn't matter and in intimate or erotic hypnosis you know both people are important and both people want are there to take care of each other on some level and bdsm has a framework for that that the vanilla hypnosis world does not so i think it's much safer to go with the bdsm world i think it also the bdsm world gives me permission to do the dark things um you know it's 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 once again 10 years ago when the Pansexual, you know, erotic hypnosis scene started convening in person. It was really online only and a handful of events and and a a gay male event up until like 2010. It's really new. Um, When it started convening in person, people were afraid of really chasing what they wanted is that they were like, okay, I can give you an orgasm on command, you know, that's that's, <laughs> that's cool. cool, but they didn't want to be- <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> it, is, it is it is cool but that's, that's another thing where people are like, oh, who knows it, so you can like without like touching each other and i'm like yeah but we could also come with touching each other like you know it's, it's part of a you know it's part of the a, a gorgeous palette of of you know pleasure and delight but right it's right it's choices you can make um but people were afraid of going for the dark fantasies that inform not everybody but a lot of people's fetish and the bdsm world says it's okay to want these things that the vanilla world tells you are bad if you you know approach them with this in this certain way and so the more that we've gotten uh, integrated with the BDSM world, the more I've not had pushback for wanting to do things that are edgy. And also like I've learned that I like kinks other than hypnosis. I was so hyper focused on you know hypnosis as it were for the first, you know, twenty plus years of my life, I didn't know that like rope and impact would also be great. And, you know, you know and when there's when now that, that there's overlap, I can like explore so much more than just like a swinging pocket watch, not that that won't always, like, you know, have a very dear place in my heart.
0: Is that a, is that a tool that you commonly, uh, would you use at, at,
2: at some point in your, uh, tenure? Uh, yeah, the, so, 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 like, I mean, you, you've seen, you've both seen, like, the swinging pocket watch idea. Anything sort of cheesy and from cartoons that, like, gives you, like, anything, literally anything can be used for hypnosis. Like, I've often done, like, pain as a way to be hypnotized for example like like I've been like punched into trance you know things like that um but like anything that's sort of going to give you something to focus on so it's like it could be a pocket watch and a lot of people say oh you know pocket watches are so cheesy it's like yeah but like six-year-old me didn't know it was cheesy and didn't know what I'd be doing now so the first time it, it took a few years because my partner was sort of like oh why bother with the pocket watch and then the first time he took out a pocket watch I like you know, freaked out in the best way. And he was like, oh, just why not do the thing that makes you really happy? So like, yeah, I, I play with pocket watches. A lot of, like, a lot of hypno-kinksters have a lot of pocket watches and most of them do not tell the time. Uh,
0: I want to thank you very much for coming on the show. It has been an absolute fucking pleasure. Um, I'm going to ask you a final question. Uh, and then we will t- we will get your uh, social media um, what is your favorite thing to have come out of mixed story uh, mixed story bot
2: <laughs> oh oh no you should have asked me this in advance cuz i could have cuz i feel like I-, I answered this recently i didn't i didn't tell you you can take your time the episode no, did i no you didn't nope Oh, man, I'm like, I've, I've answered this on Twitter, but I don't have time to trawl through. I would have to say I like the classics. I like the, like, a hypnotherapist uses a spiral to make their secretary, like, docile and obedient and probably, I don't know if that exact one has, has come up, but, like, some variation of it has. Um like all the cool, exciting ones with like robots and aliens yes. and stuff like that's all really fun. And those are those are the funny answers. And those are like the really mm-hmm. entertaining answers. You know what? You know what I'll, I'll do instead of instead of answering your question, I will pull up a prompt right now and we'll just see what it says. <laughs> Ooh! All right. It is a cabal of vampires uses sneaky hypnotic language to make a married couple obedient and their new Ooh. dogs.
1: I love that.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's like quintessential that's vibe.
1: I love.
0: That's, that's amazing. That's so great. <laughs> I, you, got, you got noodles right in the kink. <laughs> uh,
2: yes, so hit us with the social medias. Yeah, I'm Gleeful abandon on most places. I'm most often on Twitter. I am Gleeful abandon on FetLife. Uh, you know, so far as anybody still uses FetLife, I am there. Um, and yeah, Twitter will link to all my other stuff, including my card, C-A-R-R-D, like a pirate. Yeah, and, and folks can email me at gleefulabandon@gmail.com. at gmail.com.